Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson, and this is the Fantastics, my fantasy fix, DFS golf podcast. And Skeeter, we have been away for a couple of weeks between uh, taking a little break from RBC Heritage and then um, just simply kind of glossing past the Zurich Classic because, quite frankly, I enjoyed watching it, but I had no pulse on any of the betting and uh Luckily, I stayed away from it because I looked at some things I liked and I was like, eh, I don't feel that strongly about them. I'm not going to get too invested. Uh, but it's good to be back with you again, my friend. After a couple of weeks, we've uh, we've put on a green jacket. We put on well, whatever it is they put on at the Heritage. The tartan and, jacket. And then we put on some belt buckles. So, boy, have we uh, filled up our closets as golf fans lately. Yeah. No, it is good to be back. Um Let's see, I'll, let me quickly summarize my three weeks. Masters did not go well for me, but that's nothing new. I never get that tournament right. Um, Heritage, I only had one out of five good lineups, so that lineup kind of sneaky contended towards the top, just didn't get there on Sunday as far as, you know, smaller tournaments. And then I actually had a pretty good uh, Zurich. I had five of six, which six of six was really rare. Five of six was hard to get, so was one of those where I, it was going to be an okay cash, um, not contending or anything. So I can't complain. Worst thing about last week is I bet Scott Brown, Kevin Kisner win top five, top 10, and top 20. And taking an eight on a par three on ninth on Sunday kind of killed my top 20 hopes. Yeah, I was, uh, I was just, I couldn't find a team I was really on. For RBC, I had uh, no real sweats when it came to, the sports book, I had a couple lineups that, that cash, but yeah, I didn't I basically didn't play Zurich, and that's fine. Masters was oh, oh my goodness. I mean, are we gonna talk about Paul Casey and Louis Ustays and uh, playing withdrawing? Uh maybe we don't need to. Maybe we could just move on. Well, as you said, when I texted you, Paul Casey withdrew, because I knew I knew I think we were both on him. We were like, well, we knew what we were getting ourselves into when we chose him. So like, yep. It's true it it is true. We absolutely did, and uh what are you going to do? Good for Scotty Shuffler for winning the green jacket. I uh, wish it had been a little more entertaining, but yeah, I mean, uh, I enjoyed watching some golf. I'm ready to get back into uh, getting into the conversation with you as well. Are we ready to turn the page and look forward to the, the Mexico open? Yes. Well, it is just that it's the Mexico open and it's uh so this is kind of replacing like the old WGC that was at Mexico City. This is the Mexico Open at Vedanta, which appears to be on the west coast, south of the Baja Peninsula in Mexico. Looks like it's about two hours uh, west of Guadalajara. And from what I can see is this is a course we don't know a whole lot about, haven't had much play there. It looks to be flat. It runs, uh, I'm not going to say the river cor correctly, probably, the Amica River. It appears to be like right on. And um, from what limited research I did by basically going on uh, the PGA Tour website, I believe it's the Sierra Madres that will be uh, featured in the view. So there's your layout of the course that gives you absolutely zero um, knowledge of what you should expect from the course as far as golf plays. Just simply telling you where it is. Well, I'm not sure anybody really knows exactly what to expect because this is the first time we've seen we've been here. I've not heard of any prior tournaments. Like sometimes the Corn Ferry goes there or somebody else. I have not heard anything on it. So par 71, 7,400 yards, I believe. So it is kind of a longer par 71. A couple holes over, a couple par fives over 500 yards, another decent amounts in the 450 to 500 range. Two of the three par fives over 600 yards. So. Could be long. Um, it is a resort course that normally plays as a par 73, but they turn it into a par 71. So uh, we'll see. It's a uh, past Palum Greens. So not, um, I don't think they'll be real fast. Um, other than that, I have no idea. So, I mean, stat-wise this week, it's, of course, tough to figure this out with no data, no history here. So I kind of fall to the, some of the usual birdie or better, tee to green approach, but Going to look at par four strokes gained, obviously, with um, 11 par fours in the course. And the proximity for me, 175 to 200, 200 plus with, with this many long par fives and a couple long par fours. Feels like that was a good number to kind of look at. But other than that, I think this is just one of those find something you want to play this week because I have no idea where to go from there. And then on top of that, we have a field that is... Um, 
Uh, I hate to say this, but um, John Deere-esque. It's an interesting field. Um, in a very uh, brief Google search through Google Maps, I did see some alligators. Maybe they're crocodiles. I truthfully don't know the difference between the two okay. on the course in some of these pictures. So we had we had some uh, we had some gators or crocodiles at Zurich. I don't know the difference. I think they were gators. Uh, so maybe we'll have some more exciting stuff like that here. I don't know. The course looks decent. Uh, should be like I said. I always like seeing a new course on TV. Hopefully this one. Uh, hopefully this one. This one stands up. Is there a ton of water? I've not yet got a chance to look at the course. Is there a ton of water that you've seen or it look? Yeah, like I don't know if there's water that's going to be on every hole, but it runs along a river, so that's going to be kind of a, a a thing I would imagine that's going to be in play. And then some of the, the pictures I saw, and I was also looking at the satellite view, there's water in play, but I don't know. Given how close it is to the ocean, I don't know if it's going to be like water on every hole, you know, like the players or something. I don't know that it'll be that drastic. Okay. Yeah. But I, I again, just... I don't know. I'm looking at pictures on Google Maps. Right, well, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, anytime we get to one of these new courses, it's just tough. And, like, like even next week, um, next week's usually at Quail Hollow, the Wells Fargo, uh, but but they're hosting the President's Cup, so they're not hosting this year. It's actually going to go to TPC Avenel Farms, which I think they held the Quicken Loans a couple of years ago. So I think it was one from Molinari. That was the start of the run of Molinari. Um, so I think we at least will have a little bit of limited history on that one. But, yeah, this week it's just – who knows? And coming off the week of the Zurich, which was probably not the best DFS format contest, yeah, it's just kind of tough to kind of get motivated, I think, a lot of people to play a lot this week. So could be one of those, take another easy week, or it could be, a, hey, if people are going to take it easy, it might be a good time to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, are we ready to get into the field and see if we can identify any players we want to get after? Yes. Let's do it. We'll start at the top. It's 10K plus, and it's John Rahm, the overwhelming favorite at the book, is 11-3. Tony Finau's 10-4. Abe Answers 10-3. Kevin Nas, 10-1. Patrick Reed's 10K even. Skeeter, are you going in this tier? If you are, who are you going for? Uh, yes, it's Rahm, and it's nobody else. Like, I get he's 900 higher. He is the clear, clear favorite. What is he, like? Four to one to win this thing? At the book I go to. Yeah, that's what I got at the book. I mean, I yep, think, four I, to think one. I saw something on Twitter post the last time a golfer was this short was Rom at the Fortinet. Granted, that didn't work so well. Um, He didn't win. And actually, I show three and a half to one. Good grief. Okay. Rom three and a half to one. Everybody else at least 20 to one. So I think this is an interesting game theory discussion because Rom is definitely the best. I think... He, I don't know how many lineups I'm going to play. I'm between one, three, or five. I think I'm just locking Rom in, and I'll figure it out from there because there's nobody else really in the nines. I mean, there's a, there's a guy liking the nines, a guy liking the eights, but nothing where I'm like, oh, let me start with that and build a bunch, you know, a 9-8 and a high 7s lineup. That's just not what I want to do. So, for me, the Rom's the clear best player in the field. He hasn't won since the U.S. Open. I know there's a stat out there that weaker field events he has not generally done well, but, boy, this feels like this could be Rom in a landslide if he has his game on. Like, over 36 rounds, number one, Tita Green, opportunities gain, par four strokes gain, and proximity from 200-plus. Top five in approach and producer better. Like, it's weird that he's playing here. Like, he mu there's there must be it a is. reason he's playing. So, I'm going to go with it. 11-3, even if he doesn't win, if he significantly outplaces everybody else in the 10K, even in the upper nines, like, even if he finishes third and the winner's 6,800 and the second is, you know, 7,500, I still think you're okay with Rom and his birdie or better ability will certainly get him some DraftKings points. So I think Rom's probably my favorite, but you say nobody else in this tier. I think I could probably be talked into Kevin Na. I don't want to spend 10-1 on him, but if you're going to make me pick a two, he's going to be my two. And the reality is there's going to be a lot of prices I don't want to pay for certain players. That's just something you're going to have to stomach. I do think Kevin Na is a guy that has a good chance to win this event and uh, has been playing pretty 
decent, except for that five putt on 16 on Saturday at Augusta. That was painful. But other than that, he's been playing well since uh, he's returned with the, I think, the birth of this newest child, right? Yeah, yeah. So 14th at the Masters, 26th at Heritage. A couple of minutes cuts before that, so yeah, he apparently found something. I get what you're saying. Again, it's just like if this is a if this is a normal field tournament, do we ever see twelve hundred as the price difference between Rom and Nah? No. I guess, and that's I guess where <laughs> I just come from. Like, I'm just you know, and that's my problem. Is the only other person I would even consider here would be Finau. At ten four, and I think he's probably a better bet. Like, oh wait, yeah, he's twenty five to one. Yeah, like that. You know, we we've seen Finau be shorter numbers and much better feels than that. Like, I still think Rom's nine hundred better than Finau right now. Finau's not in the best of form. Neither is Rom, but I just I don't. It's the the price difference isn't enough. If Rom was twelve k. And Finau's ten four. Then I have a then then we have a discussion. But eleven three is just too cheap on Rom on this field. Do you consider Abraham Answer the the Mexican player with the highest world rank here in this tournament? I do not. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think people who are going to, I, I think people will go to Answer just for that narrative. Try to you know try to be the sneaky. If I'm not playing Rom, let me go up here so i think he'll i i have not looked at anything i think he'll be somewhat popular for that reason but i i'm not ready to go there again for the same reasons like if the normal tournament rom's much more than a thousand dollars higher price than answer is there a name to fade or is it simply the remaining four besides rom for me, it's the remaining four besides Rom. Fina would be the only one, and that would be more of a bet at twenty-five to one, just because I think that's that's decent price value on him. I mean, Reed at thirty-five to one, he can pop out of nowhere. I think that makes some sense. But mm-hmm. I'm not betting Kevin Knott twenty to one. I'm not betting Answer at twenty to one. I would agree with that on the bets for sure. Um, I want to say Reed's my fade, but I don't really think. I fade him versus the rest of the crew, so I'm kind of with you in that regard. And Reed has shown a little form in two tough tournaments, and he is the uh, last. Well, I, I can't say he's not the last guy to win in Mexico. He was. He won the WGC in Mexico. What two years ago? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was two years ago, but anyway, he's won there. Not that that means a whole hill of beans since it's a completely different course. And if it was the one in Mexico, Mexico City, one which it was, that's a completely different animal with the elevation there. Right. Well, let's get into the 9Ks. We will still recognize these names, and it starts at the top. It's Gary Woodland, 99, Sebastian Munoz, 98, Cam Tringali's 97, Chris Kirk, 96, Aaron Wise, 95, Cam Champ, 94, Brennan Todd, 93, Russell Knox, 92, Kevin Streelman, 91, Matt Jones, 9K even. Skeeter, you've got some options. Who's your favorite? Um, same thing kind of here. I think there's one guy I have interest in, nobody else, and it's Gary Woodland at 9,900. Missing the Masters. Eh, okay, missing the players. Well, this isn't the Masters. This he, isn't the players. He doesn't play the Masters well. Okay, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember him ever popping there, but the players. Is he does not. No, yeah, he does not. Okay, and, and the players are such a wild anomaly, but get rid, get rid of the majors. 8th at Valero, 21st at Valspar, 5th at API, 5th at Honda. Missed at Phoenix, which is strange, but those things happen. But he's 2nd in my model. He's 5th in approach. He's ninth in proximity for 200-plus yards. Good numbers all the way across, including putting at 23rd. Like, just all around, he's solid. And I think there's enough, you know, once we get to the 8s, I don't know if there's a ton of difference between, like, some guys in the upper 6s and the 8s. So, for me, I might start a lot of lineups Rom Woodland at 9,900, you know, and I'll dip into the high sixes, low sevens, because I don't have a problem with some of those guys. So for me, it's Woodland and nobody else. I want to say I'm going Chris Kirk. I like Gary Woodland. He's been one of the guys along with Chris Kirk that I had uh, when I was running good at the book a month ago that I was running with. I want to say Chris Kirk, but he's cooled off a little bit. Um, I think I'll still turn to him here, Mm -hmm. um, given that he had been playing pretty good. So 
I guess I'm going to make him my favorite. I do think there's two other guys that I'm interested in this tier. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're not. You have no interest in Sebastian Munoz. And I know 9,800 is more than I want to pay. Uh, I think that's the issue for me. Like, who, who do I think is a better player long-term, Woodland or Munoz? Like, Munoz has made five straight cuts. Um, but no no finish better than 21st. Like, he, you know, if I'm paying 9,800, I at least want some top 10 potential recently. And, you know, he had it in the fall with fourth at Zozo and third at RSM. But since then, just... He's just kind of been middling, which maybe in this field that maybe gets him closer to 10th, but I don't know if I'm going to pay, the, pay that salary for him. <laughs> so I, I think Munoz is, is there for me, and if he's not my number two, I just have to bring him up too because um, you've got no one else, and I, I want to get into a few of these guys. Kevin Streelman, in his last six tournaments, he's missed two cuts. He's T22 or better in the other four I think at 9,100, and he did burn me at RBC uh, Heritage, but I think I can go back to the well with uh, Streelman here at 9,100. Okay. Not for me. Um, not exactly rating well in the birdies or better opportunities numbers, but, I mean, solid, consistent guy. I mean, I've used him in the past. I don't know if I'll use him. Bef- well, we'll see if I'll use him again before Travelers because, you know, I nearly hit that one a couple years ago out of the pandemic. Thanks, DJ. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that one. The only other guy I would be interested in here, this would be a pure bet. I wouldn't play on DraftKings. Cam Champ, is, he's 9,400. Too volatile for me on DraftKings. But at ninety, at, at 60 to 1 mm-hmm. in the book, like we've seen Cam Champ kind of win. And if this is going to be a little bit of a longer course, he's coming off a of 10th of the Masters, which apparently he's figured something out at Augusta. He's played well there. I like that more as a bet. That way I don't have to worry, you know, if he shoots 12 over. Okay, so be it. But. I think Cam Champ at sixty to one is not the worst bet in the world. It's just not a DraftKings play for me. He intrigued me too because you talked about it being a long course for a par seventy one. So I, 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 he did intrigue me. And I guess to that point, I thought about my fade and I thought, well, if it is a long par seventy one, maybe Brennan Todd doesn't fit the mold for this course yeah. at ninety three hundred. So I guess he's my fade, although he's been decent the last two tournaments. He has, but yeah, that's um. I mean, Brennan Todd's your coastal course, fall swing, short course type of thing. Like, 8th at Valero, that's not a real long course. 26 at Heritage. Both tournaments very putter heavy. So that's always a slight concern mm. for me. Do you have a name you're fading in particular? Or is it just everyone uh, Everyone else? I was going to join you on Brennan Todd, but okay. maybe I'll join Maybe I'll Maybe I'll go one one step below to Russell Knox, who I think, you know, outside of six of the players, has not really done a ton. Seventh at Sony, but Miss at Heritage and some other finishes is kind of, eh, putter hasn't been there. Just way too, way too much for me to uh, pay for Russell Knox. No argument there. Are we ready to go 8K? Yes, we are flying by, but that's kind of the way this field is. Well, there's no course history to reference. Uh, the play, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a wacky uh, month in golf or close to it. So I, I I expected it to be as such. But yep. let's go to those eight Ks. It's Doug Gim at eighty nine, Sahith Thegala eighty eight, Aaron Rye eighty seven, Carlos Ortiz eighty six, Davis Riley's eighty five, uh, Charles Howe the third eighty four, Lonto Griffin eighty three. We've got eighty two hundred is Taylor Moore, CT Pans eighty one, eight K even. You get Mark Hubbard, Skeeter. Where are you going in the 8Ks? It sounded like you had just one name earlier. Maybe I misread that. I think I might have said one, but I actually have two names. And this is actually – and part of the reason I only have one or two names here, just this is the way I'm playing it. Um, I actually think this is a really intriguing tier. Like, based on how you want to set up lineups, there's potential here. Like, you look at some of these upside guys like the Gala and Riley. Like, here's some of these youngsters who I think we're just kind of waiting to break through – they kind of fit here. Even Taylor Moore, 8,100, kind of fits there. Um, for me, I guess it's going to be CT Pan, 8,100. Not great the past three times he's played, you know, in the 40s. But his approach numbers are there. The putter is just kind of a little cold. If these greens are a little bit slower, maybe that'll help him. But ninth at Genesis, 16th at Honda. If this does play a little bit tougher, I think CT Pan could potentially be okay. He is 10th tee to green over past 36 rounds, 23rd approach, 24th in that 175 to 200 proximity, and really outside the putter making birdies. Not the, you know, he's average for this field net. Everything else is slightly above average. 8,100, I I guess I just trust the name a little bit here, so 
he's my favorite, but it's not a overwhelming favorite like I had with Robin Woodland. I do not have an overwhelming favorite. I I guess I'm going to go to Aaron Rye. He's my second. Um, I, I kind of liken this to a Corn Fairy tournament, a little bit stronger than that. No disrespect, John Rahm and, and the other names up top. But Aaron Rye came off the Corn Fairy Tour, right? Had some good wins. Um, I think that this is a good spot for him, and he's coming off of a good week last week. So, like, I don't feel real confident about the AKs a ton, but if I do go here, I think Rye's one of the guys I'm going to start with. Rye's been consistently getting on approach. Off the tee has been, yeah, not great. Putter has kind of been off and on. But, yeah, um, that was my last pick last week. I was like, i got to find somebody here. I tried to dig through the 7Ks. Like, well, Ryan Lipsky, they've been playing okay. And there's some, at least some, you know, class from from the DP World Tour. And, boy, did that uh, work out for me pretty well. So, it was a good call by you, my friend. Well, I can't say that was a great call. It was just more of a, I need somebody, and they kind of stuck out to me. I was like, okay. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sometimes I'll, that's all it takes, I'll, man. I'll take my, uh, I won't say luck, but I'll take my um, little bit backdoor uh, unexpected cover. So you'll plant your flag with Aaron Rye as your number two here? Yes. I'm not sure who I, again, if I'm not sure who my number one is, I'm not going to be really okay. confident in number two either. Here, I'd like to be interested in Carlos Ortiz. Eighty six hundred is a lot to pay for a guy who hasn't made a cut in a while. But I bet you I still use him. Uh, the next highest rated Mexican in the field here at the Mexico Open. So I bet you I do have some Carlos Ortiz. I think I'm interested in Doug Gim too here. Um, I, I realize it's been rocky. Uh, he had played well at the players like he always does. Thirty fifth at RBC Heritage. At this point, I'm just like, I've seen this guy flash before and flash in a good field. Maybe the players is just a fit for him. Maybe that's just the case, but I'm interested in him at 8,900 is a lot, but that's the uh, repeated story here in this tournament. I mean, I think that makes sense. You know, I mentioned Thigala and Riley. I mean, Gim would be kind of in that young, uh, that young yeah. pedigree mode. So, again, I think this is where you have to kind of decide how you're going to build your lineups. With me, I think I'm just going to be pretty heavy – Rom, maybe I just lock Rom and Woodland and figure it out from there. So I'm not probably going to touch this 8K range very often. But if you want to build for upside, I think, again, the, the Gim Thigala, Riley kind of tier, maybe even Taylor Moore kind of fits that as well. Are you ready to go 7K? Oh, wait, no. I haven't. We, had, we didn't do our fades. It's obviously it's been a few weeks here. Who are you fading in these 8Ks? Oh, well, you might you might play him because of the National Heritage, but yeah, Carlos Ortiz for four missed cuts in a row. He was second at Mayakovas, um, but in the fall. But since then, I mean, just not really doing much. Um, this not I mean, it just shows you this field where you can miss four cuts in a row and be eighty six hundred. So it's crazy. I just can't. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I know, but hey, it's, it is what it is. I can't do it though. So no, Fair no, uh, no Ortiz for me. I think I might be fading Lanto Griffin. Um, yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't given me a whole lot to cheer for since uh, early February. So I guess Griffin's my fate here. But when you don't feel great about who your number one and number two is, you don't feel ba- great about the bottom of it either. I, I think this tier kind of blends together a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, what, is there a huge difference between the eights and some of the guys we're about to mention in the sevens? I'm not sure. So I would agree with that. It's more, of, and I think it just kind of fits my, more of my rom. Woodland kind of starts, but again, I think there's upside with some of these youngsters that, you know, if you want to build that way and Rom ends up 20th or whatever, and all of a sudden your winner comes from here, you might be on something here. Now, shall we take it to the 7Ks? Yes. I got a name I think I like. It'd probably be easy for you to pick my favorite here. Who stands out to you as a top play in these 7Ks? Or, as you mentioned, are you going all the way to 6K and just uh, not as high on the 7Ks either? Oh, no, no. I got 7Ks started. By the way, I mean, I would have thought your answer would have been Charlie Hoffman, but I saw he was an early withdrawal, so. Yeah, I don't, again, I'm not sure anything. I'm not sure the Seagull's right this year. This This is seemingly a lost season for him. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can guess your favorite 7K guy. Um, one of your guys, I mean, if you like Gim, I mean, I'm assuming then you might also like Lahiri. Absolutely, dude. I mean, backed up that player's uh, second place finish with a T13 of Valero. 
was not great at Heritage, but guess what? He made the cut. He was plus three, I think. What is That's his par 71. So he was plus three on Sunday. Uh, but Anurban Lahiri has been playing good, and this is the kind of field where a player like him can get that big win. He does kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't, maybe he'd be like a first-round leader because it always seems like some of these weaker field events, you know, John Deere, I feel like he's popped before first round. Like, oh, oh, there's Lahiri. Half the time I was like, oh, I forgot he was in the field. <laughs> yeah, he's usually sick. He's he's been a six K player for a lot, right? So I'm not on him, but I mean, I mean, at least he's shown some form in the past two months in a decent tournament. That's that might be more all you need here. You don't need much in this tournament, right? No. Who, who are you digging besides? Uh, well, besides Lahiri, if uh, if you're into him too, I am not. Um, but again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you not to play him. Two guys kind of jumped. Of, I mean, why is Chad Rainey at 7,900? If we're looking at alter, you know, this is going to kind of play like an alternate field or an alternate field plus. He was fifth at Puerto Rico and one at Punta Cana. Like, mm-hmm. those are both kind of, you know, Caribbean type courses. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what he did stat wise at those, but 59th at Heritage, 41st at Valero. I mean, 7,900 again feels a little pricey, but. His numbers aren't bad. Fifth and British are better, which I think will play this week. Good opportunities, good approach. Maybe not the best part for a player, but that was one name that kind of stood out to me a little bit. The other one, I, were we paying in the upper sevens or low eights a few weeks ago for Adam Svensson? Uh, I know we've been, I know we've been, we've been using him or you have anyway. I don't, I actually don't know if I did. Seventh at Sony, ninth at Honda, and then he missed three of the next five cuts. But twenty-six at Heritage has Iyer, you know, gained five point two strokes on approach. Like, I mean, he's a guy who's at least played well this year. He's sitting here at seventy-three hundred in a field that we're struggling to find players we like. Like, I don't know, is there that big of a difference between him and Charles Hall at eighty-four hundred? I don't think so. I think I'd rather play Spencer. No, <laughs> no, I don't think there's a big difference either. Um. I've got a name for you that I think uh, maybe fits a little bit of what you talked about earlier. Uh, finished third at Puerto Rico. Was 28th at Corrales Punta Cana. Brandon Wu. He's had uh, 33rd at Valspar. Those are his last three tournaments. At 7,300, a guy's playing with some pretty good form and played good in these alternate events. Those two were. like he, I don't know. He makes some sense to me at 73. Okay. I'm trying... I get him and Dylan Woof mixed up. Like one of them was wasn't one of them like a really good Stanford golfer. Oh, I am. I want to think it's Dylan Wu, but I could be wrong, and it could be both of them for all I know. But I think Dylan Wu was the stamp the good Stanford golfer. In fact, I was kind of I was kind of disappointed last week. Should Brandon and Dylan should just teamed up. I don't know if they're brothers or not, but uh, they should have teamed up for the for Team Wu. Well, I mean, there could be a lot of things we could get woo-woo-woo going. I mean, they'd need, obviously, a caddy that was a relative as well. Or see-woo Kim. Um, <laughs> That's correct. You know, let the, let these two be a team, and they get to the weekend for the Saturday walk-up and just play Nature Boy Ric Flair's uh, music. They are not brothers, says my quick Google search. Oh, okay. Never know some of these last names. He, Brandon Wu did go to Stanford, though, apparently. Okay. Uh, also, according to my my Google search. Okay. So there you go. I knew, because I think one, I thought he popped at like a U.S. Open at Pebble or something. That could be correct. I, I'm not going to tell you. I remember. Uh, or he popped somewhere. I don't, yeah, I don't remember either, but. Anyway, there we go. Now that we've uh, wooed everybody to uh, the uh, 7Ks. Yeah, what are you going to do? You got some other names for us in this uh, 7K tier? Well, you even had bad puns for three weeks on here, so you got to make up for it. Um, that's that's a fact. All right. Uh, Kevin Chapel, 18th at Valero, 15th at Punta Cana. Grant, I, think, I feel like he that's plays nice. Valero well every year, but, I mean, 7,400. I mean, better Jason Davis in the field, because a few years ago that was the correlation of Jason Day played well, Kevin Chapel played well, but... Really good short-term stats. He kind of popped it for me a little bit. Um, if this is past Palo and Grass, is always a look at uh, Pat Perez at 7,500. He had, he had this little stretch where he'd been playing well. I think he's kind of faded a little bit there. And then 
I guess the other one that's kind of popping out to me kind of in the midterm is Nate Lashley. Had a horrible heritage, but prior to that, 17th at Valero, 15th at Punta Cana, 27th at Valspar, 7th at Puerto Rico. So, you know, 7500 doesn't feel like a terrible price on him. I would throw out Peter Uline down at 7K. Did he He's gonna... He might have withdrew. Oh, okay. He's still showing active when I'm looking on uh, on DraftKings. Of course, I'm not updating my uh, my thing. So, okay, well, if he's out of the field, then I probably should check that. not use him. <laughs> but if he's in the field, I will be interested in him. I always mix up – this is really stupid. I always mix him up with somebody else, and I don't know why. Sometimes you can't – sometimes that happens, and then it's just over. There's no correlation between the two people, but because there's something in your head, you'll continue to mix them up, and you can't even explain it to anyone. Like, I I don't even know who you're going to say, but I'm going to give you a pass because I've done the same thing with other players in various sports, and I'll just look at people like, I get it. I know there's no correlation here. It's just – it's in my head now. It's a mistake that I've made that I can't undo. Oh, Kevin Chappell's out. Great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good grief. Nick Hardy is out. Who did you say? You said Uline? Peter Uline, yeah, it's 7K. Oh, so maybe... Oh, Uline's below Nick Hardy. Nick Hardy's out, so I just associated the out with Uline. Oh, there you go. All right. Great. I was ready for I was ready for uh, Kevin Chappell, too. Dang it. Well, you could, you could shift to JT Poston if you wanted. Yeah, he's on my list. That's interesting, because he's really good at heritage, right? And he had a good heritage. But he made the cut and was 41 at Valero. And in this field, again, it's like, all right, give me a top 25, and I think at 7,500 you probably paid your uh, paid the price of admission. Yeah, he, yeah he's yeah, he been either miscut or, I mean, he barely missed a Valspar. Genesis wasn't too far off. Had horrible players, but again. The players some, is a wash, yeah. You just, you, whatever. Yeah, there were some bad waves there. I think he might have, I don't know if he was part of that one. But, yeah, so... Poston's one, um, Smotherman at 7,800? Mm. <laughs> yeah, form isn't great, but he, his approach numbers have been great. Around the green, not very good, but I'm not sure if, you know, if these are slow greens, if resort course, if you really need around the green. Oh, one other name, one other former winner, uh, Tyler Duncan kind of showed up a little bit. Uh, 12th at Heritage, missed at Valero, missed horribly at Valero, but... 20th at Punta Cana, 25th at Valspar, 35th at Puerto Rico. Approach numbers have been okay. Off the tee numbers have been okay. Actually, all of his numbers and stat record events have been okay. So that was another name that kind of popped to me. All right. I have to ask you about two more guys. Grayson yeah. Sig. He's been making cuts. Grayson Sig. It hasn't been pretty. Top 20, T25 is his best at Punta Cana. But he's made four cuts in a row going back to the API. Very putter reliance. The approach hasn't been there, but hey, making cuts in this field will be okay. So not for me, but I don't hate it. And I believe Aaron Rye was partnered with who last week? Oh, um, David Lipsky, right? What is Lipsky? At seventy seven hundred, he missed the cut at Valero. Obviously, was good a week ago and had made many cuts before that. So he looks interesting at seventy seven hundred. No, what has he been doing? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, what, 14th American Express? It's, uh, that field is not much better than this one. In fact, I think it was slightly better. 20th it's better. Pebble, 26th AP. Yeah, you know what? Something you'd have to... Uh, yeah, that's, that's one that's not going to jump out stat-wise, but all right. I can look at, uh, I can look at Lipsky. Is there mm. anyone else before we get the fade? I don't think so. I've got a fade. Do you? Oh, I'm, you go ahead because I'm sure I can find one. I'm fading Matt Wallace. I remember being on him about uh, I don't know two months ago when I was like, oh, he's a cheap little six K price guy. He's up to seven K. Should not be there. He has not made a cut since January. It's almost May. It's still April, but it's almost May. He missed the cut at Valero, at Valspar, at the players, the API, Genesis, waste management. He's missed the cut, and probably he may have been close at Valspar. He doesn't appear to have been even close to the cut line at any of those other events. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, 
All right, well, we'll continue on the international theme of used to be good players or struggling players right now. I'm going to fade Greal. I mean, he's missed four cuts in a row. Mm-hmm. 24 of the Genesis out of nowhere, 63 of Amex. It's the only two cuts he's made in this calendar year. Like, I mean, he was a guy that we were using. Remember this time last year, he had, mm-hmm. he had three top tens in April and May and a couple other top 21 finishes. Like, I don't know what has happened to him because it's not all putting, which is usually the Grio uh, issue, but just can't do it right now, even in this field. And I'm pretty sure I used him at like Valspar or Farmers or somewhere, one of those miscuts that's uh, that's happened recently. <laughs> well, well, so, yeah. I mean, I've, I've used him even this year and uh, not successfully. Well, no, because he had a good year last year, so I get it. Let's take it to the 6Ks. I'm interested to hear what you are bringing to the table because you said there's some names down here that that make you that make you raise an eyebrow like the rock wow. who is making you raise an eyebrow here in 16 well, in the 6k's that might be a tad generous in this field but um one one guy I kind of always find myself playing from time to time Vaughn Taylor uh 25th of Punta Cana 7th at Puerto Rico miss of Valspar I mean Okay, Irons, putter is always going to be an issue with him, but, you know, in this field, we can't be begging here. Um, Good proximity ranges, good tee to green, good approach over 36 rounds. 6,900, he'll quote-unquote be my favorite. I have a couple other names, but um, I'll start there, and we'll see what you if you have anybody that you're intrigued by. Not a ton of favorites, but I got to give Kiradek Abibonrod a look at 6,900, yes. dude. Yeah, I... Need, I originally had him i forgot to star him i mean you when you consider the fact that we're talking about this as a pseudo alternate field event kind of an alternate field on steroids punta cana he was 44th puerto rico he was 28th he was 39th at valspar those are his last three starts um was he good at he was decent at zurich last week too no maybe not i could be way off yes was he i thought he was he was a, I, mean, I was at the I was at an MLS game yesterday, so I was not watching the final round of the Zurich Classic like I normally would have been. I wasn't watching either, but I was um, was kind of following along. Well, I mean, I was following along. Who was he partnered with? <sighs> not uh, Ben on was he? No, that was, no no because I had I had money on and. DraftKings two on Sungjae and Benyon, so okay, those two were the game, yeah. Because I was thinking maybe it was two like uh, former PGA Tour guys kind of scrapping to get back there, but no, I forget who he was teamed with, but I remember seeing the name. I'm trying to, um, I'm struggling to find a result, but yeah, he, yeah, because he was part of a team. Like, oh, hey, they're kind of hanging around. Who else, else are you interested in? Besides, well, Von Taylor and Ed Kierdeck, if you uh, intend to go that way. I mean, I don't need much reason to play Kierdeck. What an awesome name. So, I mean, I'm always uh, ready to go there. So, uh, Robert Garrigus, 6,600. Granted, might be one of the last times you can play him on the PGA Tour. So, I think he's sounds like he might be heading to uh, the, the Lynch. Yeah. But, um,. He's been, I mean, he hasn't played much, but he's made his last six cuts. Um, 16th at Pebble, six, 66th at Puerto Rico, 36th at Punta Cana. I mean, he doesn't get many starts, but his approach numbers are good. Can't putt, but hopefully that maybe is not an issue this week. So he kind of pops stat-wise for me a little bit. And then I, I can almost promise you I've never played this guy. In fact, I looked him up. Uh, 20th at Puerto Rico, miscut at Punta Cana, 29th at Valero. Let me pull him stat-wise. Um, good in his proximity, 175 to 200, 200 plus. If you need an absolute punt, 6,200, Jared Wolf kind of pops up in the short-term models for me. Kurt Kitayama was Kiradek's partner at yes, Zurich. Okay. Uh, they were over par Sunday. They shot a 74 Sunday. Well, I mean, alternate shot, it happens. Oh, yeah. The winners were even par, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, Kisner, I, who took, as I said, took a quintuple. Yes, that was uh, that was ugly. Um, what about Bill Haas? Uh, He's made a lot of cuts lately. 
25th at Honda. We're going to go back there. 25th at Honda. He was 41st at Puerto Rico, 48 at Valspar, 44 Punta Cana. 6,700, he was 63 at Val- Valero, too. So not great, but he's making cuts. Coming off good mojo with his uh, dad. They made the cut together this week. Yeah. Uh, not for me. Um, okay. You know, I re- you know, I'm like, look at this price. You're like, oh, Chess Revy at 6,800. What in the world? And I look at this form, I'm like, oh, good grief. He, he has been bad recently. Who else, if anyone is left to strike your interest here. I mean, I guess you want to play off a little bit last week. Um, Callum Terran. I mean, I think the, I think they had a decent weekend. Him and David Skins, I think. Like, they were out early on Saturday, put up a decent round. But he was 5th at Puerto Rico, 30th at Honda. Hasn't done anything else since, but I can't say I know anything about him, but that maybe would be one other name that checked out and... The only other one is short term, and again, I just eighteenth of Valero, fifty seventh of Punta Cana, forty first of Puerto Rico, sitting at sixty five hundred. Scott Kachuski. If you're just looking for kind of a cut maker who seems to be in okay form, His, no, I because uh, because obviously that name does stand out. That's a name we've seen. Uh, I've noticed more than once, so I'm I'm with you on that being a decent name. Um, who was the last one I was going to ask you about here? Vince Whaley. Uh, is it time for me to just let that whole thing go? Oh, I think so. Was he the one that made like t- 10 cuts in a row last year? Yes. Yes, yes. it was cheap. And he was like Vincent too. It's Vince Whaley now, apparently. Right. Okay. Yes. He was my other fade at Palmetto last year besides Lucas Glover. Cause I was like, oh, he, nice. he had all these top thirties, top forties. He was like, still like. 7,100 is like, like he was so popular. Like, you know what? I am not playing him. I'm looking at 6,800 and two top thirties in a row. And I'm going, okay, I know I've been sucked into this one before, but I'm considering it. Okay. I don't hate it. Here's my only issue. He has gained exactly one time on approach where we've seen stats since the Houston open in November. Okay. So that's my issue with him. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I asked. I'm asking the question: Should I give it up? And in this field, we're in the six Ks. Like, it's okay for you to tell me no, 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 and no, because that's the kind of field we're dealing with. But I mean, look if you have a if you have a reason, go for it. Like, like there aren't real many strong takes here. Who are you fading in this? tournaments in this I mean, 6k field i'm not going to fade any of the uh quali- i'm assuming the qualify the local mexican qualifiers for the mexico open because shout out to them you know playing their national open on a pga tour good for them um let's see oh you know what he's still not real likable grayson murray see ya <laughs> I was going to say I'm fading Matt Every, who whose one yes. made cut was a 70 at Puerto Rico. That's awful. Fair. Rather than fading some of the other guys who's, who I truthfully don't even know who they are. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just some of the, um, I think, the local Mexicans who qualify for the National Open. So it's like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to fade uh, Central Illinois' DA points or, oh, man, we want to go back like five, six, seven years here. Sangmoon Bay. I looked at that. He, I was actually looking at him, and I was like, no, I won't make my fade him. I think Matt Every's worse. Yes, and, well, Sang Moon got a little affected by the mandatory military service. I know. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But loyal guy, yeah. loyal to his country. Can't fault him for that. You are correct there. You are correct there. Um, anything else from uh, this tier? Anything else from the DraftKings perspective? Well, I want to look at one thing just for just – for... Super things. Okay, I wonder if we can bet a head-to-head on this one. Who's the higher face? Who's a higher placing Kang this week? Sung Kang or Jeffrey Kang? I have no idea who Jeffrey is. Ooh, I mean, J- Sung Kang seems like the obvious choice to be uh, backing. Has he made a cut recently? No, I've just heard of him. I don't know who Jeffrey Kang is. Yeah, I don't either. But he was only plus five at Waste Management. Sung? No, Jeffrey Kang. Oh, okay. Seventy-two, seventy-five. You know, maybe found a cacti or something. 
are we ready to take this conversation to one and done? <laughs> sure. What in the heck are we doing here? Um, are you talking about why we even entered one and done? <laughs> well, I use Cantlay at RBC Heritage, so I'm out of the 3,000s. I'm up to 2,631. Uh, by the way, Jordan Spieth can just, just get lost, dude. <laughs> and I like Jordan Spieth quite a lot, but I'm like, dude, last year he wins in a playoff. I've got a live bet on Hoffman. Also keeps the Seagull out of the Masters. This year, not that I had, but I had Cantlay lineups. Uh, as well as Cantlay and my one-and-done pick for RBC Heritage, and Spieth beats him in that playoff. I'm like, well, it wasn't a playoff against Hoffman and uh, Valero, but his last two wins, I should say. Both uh, runner-ups to those last two Spieth wins were players I was hoping would win, so erg. But now I'm up in, I'm, I'm 2,600 place, man. I'm moving on up. Oh, I'm still at 34.97th after you know my – hey, I had my third-best finish of the Heritage. Top 10 for Tommy at 1%. So. Usability, so um, that two hundred ten thousand dollars did me absolutely no good. Um, God, Cantlay was only three percent owned at uh, Heritage. I was pretty stoked about that. <sighs> After my Tony Finau Masters pick, that one wasn't great. Oh, uh, who did I? I was thinking about more Kawa. No, I went Xander at the Masters. Yeah, that worked out great. <laughs> Xander so the it... Masters miscut. Bryson and Valero miscut. Kokrav Valsvar miscut. Colin Morikawa players miscuts. Dustin Johnson Genesis miscut. Yeah, that shows you how well I'm doing this year. Um, you know, I kind of just want to burn Rom here and say forget it. It's like, but I think too many I don't people... have him. I used him at Farmers, but I I think that using Rom makes sense because I mean I bet you a lot of people that have Rom left aren't using him here today this week, right? Right. So it's between him and Gary Woodland for me. I unfortunately have neither one of them. But I guess on the good news, you can use either one. I'm legitimately thinking about Honor Bon Lahiri. <laughs> I'm not even joking you because my top, I have Kevin Na, Cam Tringali, Matt Jones, Sebastian Munoz, Honor Bon Lahiri. Then we're talking Chris Kirk, Carlos Ortiz. I'm going down like, uh, I guess I've got them listed in world golf ranking order. So. I think I've used Woodland already this year, too. Yes, I did. I used Woodland at Valero. So I'm not even fooling. I'm thinking about using Lahiri here, dude. That's what kind of tournament we're dealing with. Um, I'm assuming you'll be placing a bet on him at 80 to 1. Yeah, he's actually 90 to 1 at the sports oh. book that uh, I go to. Oh, nice. That's the only bet I have like penciled in right now that I have every intent of making. Hopefully I get out there before it moves down. But yeah, I'm definitely going to get in on uh, Lahiri at 90 to 1. Yes, sir. And if it drops to 80, I'm still going to get in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not even sure I'm making a bet this week. I didn't last week. I am this week because I'm in on Lahiri. Um, and then on the other site, uh, DraftKings, I mean, Chris Kirk, I could, I might be tempted to go 35 Streelman at 60 tempts me champ at 60 tempts me. So, uh, there's some numbers I'm going to look, uh, I missed a week last week. I, I feel like I'm, I'm out of the loop. I need to get back involved here. I get it. I just, there's, <laughs> just, there's nobody in this field. I really want to. That so, um, yeah, you know, I might just save my money and just hope that um, Malik Willis gets drafted in the top 10 on Thursday night so I can cash that even money bet. I might make some of those stupid bets tomorrow, too. Ugh. Like, uh, what if the way, Bengals trade out of the first round? Do I is that a dead, dead bet or uh, is it refunded because they don't make a first round pick? Like, I wonder how that works. What's the actual it's probably bet? not refunded. Uh, so the Bengals, it was plus 230 to draft a cornerback in the first round. Oh, then it would be void, I would think, because there is no first-round pick. I would guess that, but you know how, like, uh, you know, there's different rules for everything, and I, I, I may ask them tomorrow, because I honestly think the Bengals are probably leaning defense, just given the, all the uh, money they spent on offense. I know we've just completely shifted from golf here, but we are talking bets and going to the sports book, and uh, I'm considering that one. Well, I think you can even play some exactus too for a uh, draft pick order. Ooh, really? <laughs> yes, I have. Well, I mean, I think the Lions take Hutchinson too uh, if he doesn't go to the Jags, which it sounds like he doesn't. So I might get involved in that stupidness too. I mean, I mean, you know, 
you and Dan being Kentucky, you know, you gotta, I know you like the horse racing terms, and I certainly absolutely don't, don't mind them. So, besides, of course, we're talking football because you have a, uh, this isn't the only podcast coming out for you this week. That's correct. I think the football podcast dropped while we were probably recording this golf one. So, yeah, John Lobb joined uh, Dan Claskins and myself for a little NFL draft preview. We talked about some of the big name players from a fantasy perspective perspective so we weren't talking uh we weren't talking guys outside of the four fantasy positions but we talked that we talked a little bit of uh just you know getting off of our super bowl hangover which i think i'm finally over and uh yeah it's been a it's been a chatty monday for your boy here i don't know about you but the nfl drafts kind of when i start kind of slowly getting back into football again like i kind of take a decent break like i still pay attention to free agent moves and things like that, but sometimes I forget I'm a, the NFL drafts kind of want to start like, okay, it's time to start slowly getting back into this. There's so much craziness that went on. Uh, like we were talking a little bit about the uh, Steelers and like, I, and I forgot that they went and got Trubisky because then the Browns went and got Watson. Um, now the Debo Samuel news that happened recently about him wanting to force himself out of San Fran. Yep. Like I knew it happened, but at the right. same time I forgot. I'm like, like, who is Pittsburgh's quarterback? I'm like, don't they have somebody? I'm like, it's not Mason Rudolph. Come on, they have somebody else. Well, or, you know, or like my Bears, you know, hey, let's sign By- Byron Pringle, and oh, he gets arrested. Like, this is just great. I saw that right afterwards. Oh, he was, like, God. doing donuts. Uh, <laughs> on a suspended license or something. Good for me. I... <laughs> just, uh, uh, Bear down, brother. Bear uh, down. Let's, well. Thank God for the Red Zone channel, because I might be watching that more than Bears games this year. Oh. Eh, you never know, man. It happens quick. Look what happened to the Bengals. It happens quick. Well, yeah, but the Bengals have receivers. I like Mooney, and I think they might draft one. Well, I like Mooney, too, but I don't think he's... And I like Komet, too. Yes. Hopefully the new regime does not rely on seven other tight ends. I would agree with that. Well, Skeeter, you got anything else golf or uh, or draft related? I don't think so. Um, just kind of ready to get back to, um, you know, hopefully next week's feels a little bit better. But it, it's always interesting to see how, you know, how the, these weeks go where you have like one mega guy and a bunch of randoms. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I kind of use this, you know, what I say, I might just go Woodland Rom. This kind of worked for me at American Express with Rom and uh, Cantley on the big lineup. It kind of hit from down below, including Hudson Swafford, who won. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that's a correlation, but, you know, hey, it worked for me back then. I might just try it again this week. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do – I'm going to load down some 8K lineups, and then I'm going to go, you know, I don't know if it'll be uh, if it'll be Kevin uh, or if it'll be – answer if it'll just be rom and then maybe one of the other 9k guys woodland or somebody else but I, i'm gonna mix them up I'm, I'm definitely gonna find my various lineups i'm i'm ready to get back to a, a normal field event i enjoyed zurich but i am also ready to get back and I'm, I'm quite frankly i'm kind of excited to see this course here and uh what is it vedanta is that correct uh sounds right yes vedanta so i don't know i could not be pronouncing right but i mean that's phonetically that's what i tried for so let's we'll see how close i was come thursday or uh, wednesday when when the coverage starts yep no. thursday for the coverage but wednesday for the pre pre coverage stuff right yeah no i'm with you all right well skeeter i uh that's all i got so let's we'll, we'll put a bow on this bad boy uh i appreciate you uh getting back into the mix with me man it was been a good time so good luck to you and good luck to everyone this week yep same to you good luck time for you to find a winning bet and get you back on the uh winning ways in, in pga amen preach brother i'm back to work that's good karma right that means i'm earning so i should earn at the book too exactly. we'll see how We'll see how that really plays out. But uh, at any rate, thanks to everyone for listening. Good luck this week. And uh, for Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.